Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. And uh, we want to deal with some things concerning setting your heart to hear. Uh, The Lord said something the other day uh, to my wife. Of course, she's ministering in the Kansas location this weekend. And uh, she called me, and the Lord had said something to her. And uh, I'll share some of it with you. She said, the Lord said, every lid is lifted and the obstacles removed. In the kingdom flow, profiting prevails. It begins in the motive of the heart. Kingdom motives produce kingdom strategies. Kingdom strategies put in place by kingdom flows will produce profiting. The profiting originates with God's purpose and God's plan and manifest by God's wisdom acted upon by righteous man. Then the Lord said this, So set your heart to hear from me. Turn your face so you can see my glorious plans, my stability to I'm building for eternity, and I am establishing for longevity. So set your heart to hear from me. Set your heart to hear from me. In Matthew chapter 11, we see a statement that Jesus made quite often, but it's so important. Uh, one, One verse, verse 15, Jesus said, notice, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Well, this is important because as I look around the room, I see everybody's got ears. I mean, I can see most of your ears, not everybody's, but everybody's got ears. Amen. Some of them are really obvious and some not so obvious. But the the point is, everybody that you know pretty much has ears. Uh, everybody that has ears can't hear for one reason or another. Well, we know, obviously, that Jesus is talking about spiritual hearing here. And he says, because this is, again, uh, things that he's talking about, and he's explaining John the Baptist to the disciples and the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven, Suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. And uh, as he's talking about John, he told his disciples, and this is, if you will receive it, this is Elijah. All right, if you will receive it. And then he said, he that hath ears, let him hear. So in other words, everybody didn't understand that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah and prepared the way for the Messiah. He's saying everybody doesn't understand that. Now, what I want to center up on tonight is he that hath ears. So the Lord said, you got to set your heart to hear. You know, it's possible, if I can say it this way, 
It's possible to know somebody's speaking and yet you don't hear them. Amen. So Jesus says, if you have ears, let him hear. Matthew 13 and verse 9. He says this again. He's talking about the parable of the sower, which we'll dig into a little tonight. He says in verse 9, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The word is comprehend or understand. If you have ears to hear, then understand, comprehend. Jesus said time and time again to the disciples, he said, here's why I speak to them in parables. Here's why I break it down. Most scholars will agree that Jesus taught on a seventh grade level. Now, you know, that's not exactly ignorant, but he taught on a seventh grade level. In other words, most people should be able to grab it. And he said over and over again to the disciples, they said, why do you talk to them in parables? He said, because they have eyes and they can't see. They have ears and they can't hear. So I tell them in parables. I break it down in the simplest language possible so that they can understand it. Because they're hearing me, but they're not hearing me. Do you see that? And, and God said, you've got to set your heart to understand. The things of God, you're not hearing with your ears. You're hearing in your spirit. You're hearing in your heart. If you're trying to hear God here, you'll never hear him here. You'll hear him here. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when he took Peter, James, and John to the Mount of Transfiguration, and the Bible says the disciples, remember those disciples were a bunch of sleeping fellows, and they fell asleep, right? And they woke up. And they saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And the Greek says they were having a protracted conversation about his suffering in Jerusalem. Amen. And it said they could see Jesus in his glory. He was transfigured before them. Well, when Moses and Elijah went away, Peter stood up. Lord, it's good we're here. Let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, right? What happened next? It says the voice of God spoke and said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. Don't get sidetracked by what you saw, listen to him. Pay attention to what he's saying. Notice what Peter said. The Bible says he didn't know what to say. So Peter, got, Peter woke up and sees this scene, and he don't know what to say, so he just blurts something out. That's hey, good we're here. Let's build some golly. Let's build some tabernacles. <laughs> right? And God said, you need to be hearing something. You need to be hearing what Jesus is saying. You need to hear what God's trying to say to you. You got to set your heart to hear what God's saying to you, to your family, and, to, and, and about your life. Why? Because everything that God says to you concerning what He wants to move you into, everything that God says will have instruction, it will have how to do it, it will have the way that you should do it. We're never left in, there is no such thing as blind faith. We're never left in just blind faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is our eyes. There's no such thing as blind faith. Well, I'm just going to take a blind leap of faith. No, you're not. Because faith is not jumping into something you don't know. 
Faith is jumping in maybe into something that you don't know how to do, what you're about to do, but by faith you're going to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Abraham went out and he didn't know where he was going because God said, as you go, I'll show you. And he did it by faith. But you've got to set your heart. So again, Matthew 13, 9, Jesus says, Who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you have ears to hear, then hear, understand, comprehend. Hallelujah. Matthew 13 and 13. Notice, we talked about this earlier. He said, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing they don't see, and hearing they do not hear, neither do they understand. Hallelujah. And Jesus is saying it to them as simple as he can. And he's saying they, 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 they don't understand. If I'm listening, God will say it to me as many ways as necessary to get it across to me. If I'm listening. Right? Notice verse 16. This is us. But blessed are your eyes. Why? They see. And your ears, for they hear. Do you see this? Because there are people that have set themselves to hear. Set themselves to hear. Spiritually prosperous are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. That's a good place to say that. Say, my ears hear. My ears hear. See, I'm setting my heart to hear from God. I'm heart to from God. Hallelujah. Because if, listen... I learned early on, if I could hear from God in my own spirit, I could minimize my mistakes. I could minimize the U-turns in my life. Hallelujah. But I've got to set my heart to hear. Lord, what, what are you saying? What, what do I need to be hearing here? Hallelujah. Now, Let's look over at Mark chapter 4. So set your heart to hear. Now Mark chapter 4, of course this same account is in Matthew chapter 13, Luke chapter 8. And there's a couple things I want you to see here tonight. And... Uh, we won't read the first part, but he begins to teach in chapter 4. And he talks about what we refer to as the parable of the sower. And then he makes that same statement in verse 9. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And it says, verse 10, When he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all, thing, all these things are done in parables. Now, that's not Jesus playing favorites. Remember, he said, uh, if you want to hear, you'll hear. And they said, why aren't they understanding? And Jesus said, well, because they're without. They're, they're not coming in. They're not listening. And he said, notice, that seeing they may see and perceive, not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, their sins be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Do you not know this parable? How then will you know all parables? 
In other words, if you don't understand this one, you're going to have a hard time with the kingdom. The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. Now, very often people leave you with the idea that this this verse was kind of an accident. That this guy didn't mean to sow the seed there. But Jesus said the word was sown there. It was sown on that ground. Hard packed. Hard ground. Notice where the word is sown, but when they have heard. Now notice, they heard the word. They heard it. It was sown in their heart and they heard it. And notice, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, they heard the word, but the the whole point of that hearing is to hear and to comprehend and to understand. So they heard the word, but they didn't. I talked about this two weeks ago. They didn't let the word, James chapter 1, verse 21, says you've got to receive with meekness the engrafted, the implanted word of God that's able to save your soul. Able to rescue, able to deliver, able to set free. So what we see here is they never let the word take root. They never let the word get deeply implanted in them. And people will say, well, it, it, was the, you know, it was the devil that stole the word and they blame it on the devil. It's up to me to keep what I hear. It's up to me to keep in my heart what I hear. When, when I hear the word of God, it's up to me to take it and to hold on to it. Because if you know the enemy's going to try to take the word from you, why would you leave it laying out on the table where he can grab it? You've got to keep it buried in your heart. When you hear something, remember what, 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 what the Bible says Mary did? It says the angel Gabriel came to her and, 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 and told her she was going to be the, 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 the mother of Jesus. And of course, you'll remember the story. She, she uh, said, you know, uh, 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 how's this going to happen? And, and he told her how it was going to happen. Well, then you fast forward and it says that Jesus was 12 years old and he was in the temple and they went back and found him, remember? And all these things were wonderful about Jesus. And it says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart. In her heart. Jesus' brothers and sisters doubted him. The Bible says they didn't believe in him. Which I mean, there might be some animosity. You know, how'd you like to grow up with God? <laughs> I, I don't know. Kind of how my sister feels. No, not really, not really. I'm joking, joking. But the, 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 the point is, the point is, think about this. She hid it in her heart. When the word is sown in your heart and you hear it, you got you to gotta grab a hold of it. It's your responsibility to make sure it doesn't get taken. Because the enemy can't just come and take the word that's hidden in my heart. He doesn't have access to my heart. He doesn't have access to my spirit. It's a closed system. He'll attack my mind, and if it's only on the mind's soulish level, he can take it. But once it gets into my heart, i got to give it up. What God has told you, what God has spoke to you, what God has said to you, when you set your heart to hear it and grab a hold of it and hang on to it, 
it will surely come to pass because it's God's word spoken to you. It will all come to pass. Amen. Do you see this? Verse 16. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Notice this phrase again. When they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Hallelujah. Oh, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, that's life changing. Hallelujah. I pastored long enough to hear that a lot. But notice something. They have no root in themselves. They have no root in themselves. The the first ground, it never even got into their heart. The second ground, it got into their heart. But notice, they have no root. The word did not have time to produce a root system and they endure for a time. Afterward, notice this, when affliction or persecution. Now, pressure or trouble is what that means. And that, that can take on any form. But notice something. When affliction or persecution, can you show me that in the Amplified Bible? Please, sir. Hallelujah. I, I, I want you to see this. Because uh, this is so important. And, and, and we've heard things along this line. But he's talking about the word, and it says they have no real root in themselves, and so they endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises, notice, on account of the word. Not on account of you. On account of the word. The enemy's not so much trying to stop you, as he is, he's trying to stop the word from working in your life. Amen. Notice what it says. They immediately are offended. They immediately are offended. Become displeased, indignant, resentful. Well, God did it for them. Why ain't he done it for me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see this? And what happens? They stumble and fall away. So again, people will blame the devil, but here's here's the responsibility again. I heard the word. The word was growing. Whose responsibility is it to keep a hold of the word? Mine. It's up to me whether I get offended or not. Now when we talk about offended, we're not talking about people's attitudes. We're talking, we're talking about being often ended. Something that ends. Something that comes to an abrupt ending. And, and he says that when the, the pressure came because of the word, they were offended. And they stumble and fall away. Amen. But, but why did the pressure come? The word. The word. Everybody say the word. The pressure came for the word. Why? Because the word never fails. The, 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 the word is an eternal substance and it will keep producing over and over and over and over and over again. It will produce perpetually in your life. There, there's enough power in one verse in the word of God to keep you healed the rest of your life. There's, there's enough power in the word of God to keep you blessed the rest of your life if you don't lose it. So I got to set my heart to hear. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, it sounds like you're saying we're in charge. We are in charge. The, the word is sown in our heart. It's up to me what I do with it. It's up to you what you do with it. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't ever get mad at somebody because they try harder than you do. Because they put in more effort. Right? Hallelujah. When, 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 when you, you watch certain believers and you watch where their life is and you watch how God's moving in their life, that didn't just happen. That's not an accident. That didn't just occur. God did not decide to smile on them and not smile on me. Hallelujah. If I'm putting in the effort, now notice this. Verse 18, these are they which are sown among thorns. Here's the phrase, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world. Mm. One translation says the anxieties of this age. Whew. I think there's a lot of people know something about that right now. The anxieties of this age. Right? And then, then he says the deceitfulness of riches. He didn't say riches. He said the deceitfulness of riches. Don't be deceived. Money's not your answer. Don't be deceived. God doesn't need money to get you into His plan. He needs your faith. But the issue is there are people that are deceived by riches. He's, he's putting the anxiousness of this age, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. The Woosh Bible says this. It says, and other things not mentioned here. So that's not it. That's not all that there is. But he says, it starts with the cares of this world. When I wrote the book, Refusing the Care, this is where God started me at. And he said, when you start accepting care, you hold the door open for everything else the enemy wants to bring to you. I don't care what you're dealing with tonight. you got to stay out of anxiousness and you got to stay out of care because when you start caring and you get anxious, you prop the door open for the devil to bring everything else in. And the, notice, they had heard... The word. Just because you hear the word, you're not exempt. I've got, because why? I'm in charge of whether I'm anxious or not. Would you, Brother Richard, pull that up for me in the Amplified Bible. I'm in charge of that. I'm in charge of whether I'm anxious or not. I've had people tell me, well, if I, you were going through what I was going through, uh, uh, you'd be anxious too. Well, maybe not. Maybe so. But irregardless, Jesus said, don't take any thought about anything. Is that what he said? The cares of this, the cares and anxieties of the world, the distractions of the age, the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches, the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in. Now notice, creep in and choke the word and suffocate the word. And it, Mark says it, the word, Matthew says the man, he becomes unfruitful. Well, what does that mean? If, if the life of the word's choked out of your life, you become unfruitful. Because the only way you can bear fruit is through the word. you got to set your heart to hear, but then you got to set your heart to hold on to what you hear. Because there, there are these elements that are coming that are trying to what? suffocate the word this word 
is an eternal substance. This was spoken by God Himself. This Word has the life of God in it. And the Bible said through the mouth of Jesus Christ that there are things you can let in your heart that can choke the life out of the eternal Word. If I let it. Now there are people that will say, well, I just believe once God says something, that's how it is. Well, that's ignorance gone to seed. Everybody's got something they got to believe. You got to believe something about this. You got to believe what the Word of God says, and you got to hold on to it. That's why Paul told Timothy, you got to fight the good fight of faith. It's not a fight for faith, it's the fight of faith. And what's the primary element in the fight of faith? The Word of God. And if you're hearing the Word and holding on to the Word, your faith's going to be strong. Your faith's going to be where it needs to be, and you're going to rise up to the occasion. He said, don't get over into care. Anxiousness. Don't let riches deceive you. Amen. I I have a very elementary illustration of that. I've watched people over the years come to church. And I've been doing this a long time, not as long as some, longer than others. and, and, And they'll come and they'll need everything. I mean, I've watched people come to church that have lost everything. And, God, and, and, and I've watched God begin to restore them and give them back their family and give them back their marriage. I, I've watched people come in and God bless them with jobs and bless them with financial uh, 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 prosperity. And, and not everybody, but I've watched a few. They start thinking then that they need to just work every hour they'll give them, even if they got to miss church. And they start missing Wednesday. Now people say, well, what's going on? The enemy's moving them away from the Word. Amen. And and, and then they'll start missing a Sunday morning here or there. And I realize, you know, you're going to miss church. Sometimes your job's going to require you to do that, and I understand. But it shouldn't be a practice. People say, well, well, what is that? The deceitfulness of riches. Well, the Lord wants to prosper me. Yeah, but he also told you not to forsake the assembling of yourself together. And even the more as you see the day approaching. Is the day approaching. So we should try to be together even more. It's the deceitfulness of riches. Or thinking that money's the answer. Scripture says that money is not what you need. It says it's wisdom that you need. Is that right? Because it said that wisdom, the price of wisdom, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2 and 3, it says that the price of wisdom is far above the value of rubies or jewels or gold. It says that with wisdom, in wisdom's right hand was riches and honor, and in her left hand was length of days. Well, where does wisdom come from? The Word. The book of Isaiah says that the Word of God will be the stability of your days. Hallelujah. And so when I've got the Word, I've got stability. When I've got the Word, I can't be shaken. I can't be moved. And so he says here that they heard the Am I helping you tonight? They said that, that, that they heard the Word, and notice, it choked the Word, and it becometh. So the word was producing fruit. It was fruitful. And they, who allowed it? He allowed it. This person allowed 
the cares of this world, right? If you, if you go to somebody's house, let's say, uh, let's say you go to Pastor Larry's house, and you're liable to find this at Pastor Larry's house. If, let's say you go to Pastor Larry's house, and you see the shrubberies are all trimmed, and, and you see the, the flowers, and you see that, right? You see everything in place. Well, you know, those shrubs just didn't get trimmed by themselves. Somebody did that. He either did it or he paid somebody to do it. I know he did it, but, right? Hallelujah. When you, you come to my house and you see my rose bushes, that didn't, that, that, they didn't just show up. Right? If, if, if you go to somebody's garden and, and it's just replete with vegetables and cucumbers and tomatoes and, and everything that we like so much. Well, that didn't just happen. That ground didn't just one day decide to, to till itself and to fertilize itself and bring forth some tomatoes. Somebody went out there and broke up the fallow ground. Somebody went out there and put the seed in the ground and took care of it to produce a harvest. Well, in like manner, if those tomatoes get choked out by weeds, that didn't just happen. Somebody let it happen. Somebody let it happen. The, the problem with churches that preach the word is this. When you hear it, you're responsible for it. You, you, you can't walk out and say, I don't know. Am I helping you? So he says it chokes the word. Mm. Thank you, Lord. And it becomes unfruitful. Now, then verse 20. These are they which are sown on good ground. Whew. Now, again, the ground wasn't good by itself. You make the ground good. How do I know that? Because Jesus said you can make the tree good. So he said, he said, make the tree good. You got to make it good. So I got to make the ground good. I've got to make the ground receptive to the seed. You know, Lily has a big sandbox in the backyard. And I could plant all the seed I want in that sand. And it's not going to grow. It'll try, but what's the problem? There are no nutrients in that sand, and there is no solidity. Why, why does a plant grow roots? To get nutrients, but to be stable. Why? Because the wind's going to blow. And if you've got a, a plant planted in good ground, it's got something to hang on to. If, 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 if it's sown on bad ground, there's nothing to hold on to. There's nothing to hang on to. When I was a boy growing up in West Texas, bless its holy name. Uh, of, of course, I, I, I was raised uh, uh, on a, a ranch, and there was a farming, uh, uh, part, a farming part of, of the ranch as well. I had several thousands of acres. And here's what I saw over the years growing up. There were circles of wheat. That would just produce, oh my goodness, when, when the wheat would start coming up, especially winter wheat and, and summer wheat, and that, that green wheat would start coming up, it looked like a carpet. I mean, it was just so thick and lush. And then you would go to other circles that were in a more sandy part of that country, and that, there would be some wheat, but they never harvested those circles for anything other than just feed. Because it wasn't good quality. 
Why? It didn't have the same nutrients. It wasn't good ground. Amen. Our job, what's our job? Be good ground. That's my job. Because when the word is sown, if it's sown on good ground, notice what he said. It will bring forth some 30, some 60, and some 100 on good ground. Now notice something. Verse 20 says, sown on good ground. Notice it says something that it doesn't say about the other types. They hear the word. They receive the word. They bring forth harvest. Every other of the types of ground, all of them heard the word. But what you do not see is that all of them received the word and all of them brought forth. The first type of ground, they never even received it. They heard the word and it was taken. The second ground, they heard it, they received it. They endured for a time, but they were offended. The third received it. And the word was bringing forth, but it was choked out. The third group heard the word, received the word, and brought it to fruition. That's our job. To hear until we bring forth a harvest. Keep it in our heart. Hallelujah. Now, look at verse 24. And uh, let's look at verse 24 in the Amplified Bible, because this is... uh, I, I, I taught this years ago and, uh, in, in uh, a series called The Measure That You Measure. And uh, Jesus says something here. It says, he says to them, the King James says, he said to them, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. The Amplified Bible says, take, be careful what you are hearing. Because why? The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. So he says, you've got to be careful how you're hearing. You've got to be careful what you're hearing because the measure of thought and study you give to what you're hearing determines how it comes back to you. Amen. When somebody has the idea, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Nothing's coming back to them. Because they've heard it. Well, just because a person's heard it doesn't mean they've got it. And just because I heard it a second time doesn't mean I've got it. Fruit is evidence that I got it. Amen. Do do you see this? And he goes on, verse 25, and says, For him that hath, to him shall be given, and he that hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. Well, he that hath what? He that has paid attention to what he's hearing. More will be given to him. He that doesn't, what he has can be taken. We see that in the parable of the sower. When when you quit setting your heart to hear and to let the word put down roots on the inside of you, when, when, you, when, when a person fails to start doing that, what they've heard can be taken. That's why you'll see people that were progressing and you'll see people that were, things were happening for them. Things were turning, things were changing and, and you'll see them right back where they were or you'll see them falling off. Why? 
They didn't hold on to what they heard. The, the thing about this life of faith is it's something you get up and you do every day. Every day is a faith day. Every day. Let's, let's look over at Mark chapter 11. Hallelujah. And uh, verse 22, it says, Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. One translation says, Have faith in God constantly. Be constantly having faith in God. Well, how am I constantly having faith in God? I'm constantly putting the word in my heart. Constantly putting the word in my heart. Concerning that situation, concerning that, that, that circumstance. When God tells you something, He's telling you what He wants to do. Let me say this. It's not a guarantee that it's going to happen. Well, if God said it, it'll happen. No. Not necessarily. See, to just leave everything up to God and leave you out of it means there's nothing you have to do. If there's nothing you have to do, why would God tell you His plans? Over and o- over and over again in the Word of God, we hear, uh, 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 the, hear the Father saying, you got to listen and obey. All throughout Proverbs and Psalms, it says, hearken. The word hearken means to listen with the intent to obey. The book of Proverbs says that, that he said when your day of calamity comes and your problems show up, I'm going to laugh. I'm, I'm going to laugh when all that happens. And he says, here's why. Because you despise knowledge and you wouldn't, you wouldn't regard wisdom. And what did he say before that? Wisdom is crying in the streets. Wisdom is putting forth her voice. Every time God says something to you, it's His wisdom and His knowledge coming to you about what He wants to do in your life. And you set your heart to hear and you set yourself to hear what God is saying and you set yourself to do what He's asking you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. But I've got got to set my heart. Now, if I'm going to set my heart to hear from God, I've got to set my heart away from some things. The, one of the, the things that the Lord said to us about this year, the year of light and magnificent victory, in, in the, the, the word that we passed out, he said, he said to turn your face from the distractions, from everything that would distract, and keep focused on what God said. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there are things that come and they're distractions. They're just distractions. And, and it's designed to get you asking questions. There is no answer in the question. Amen. I, I, I run into people every now and then, they, they always want to get into deep theological issues. And I've learned something about those people. <laughs> the more they ask the question, the farther away from their answer they get. Amen. The answer is not, you can't hold the answer and the question at the same time. It's a distraction. Hallelujah. 
Well, God said he was going to bless me, and then I lost my job. Okay, but how does that change what God said? Where is it written that God's got to use your job to bless you? Well, God said he's going to bless me, but they cut back at the plant, and they cut my hours. Well, where's, where's the chapter and verse that says, I, the Lord thy God, will bless thee as your job gives thee hours? Doesn't say it. Matter of fact, the Bible says that in a time of famine, you'll laugh. When, when it was impossible for there to even be a harvest, Isaac reaped a hundredfold. Are you following me? It's, it's what you set your heart to hear. Don't, don't, don't give voice to the distraction. Give voice to the Word. This is what the Word says. Amen. Hallelujah. Look, look over at Romans chapter 8. I know we're looking at some familiar verses, but I, I want you to see this. Oh, hallelujah. Are you receiving tonight? Oh, glory. Mm-mm-mm. Now, notice, let's uh, start in, uh, well, verse 26 is a good place to start. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, weaknesses. Well, he's about to explain what the weakness is. All right? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Other translation says we don't know how to pray in that situation. But the Spirit Himself makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good, for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now notice something. We're going to read a couple more verses, but I want you to see this. And you know this, but there are people that try to pick verse 28 out of its context. And something bad will happen or something will happen. They'll go, well, you know, it's going to work together for your good. God said all things work together for the good. Well, he did say that, but that's not what he said in the context. He said the infirmity, the weakness, was not knowing how to pray in a certain situation. If you've ever had anything that baffled you, and you don't even know how to go pray about it. I mean, normally you could at least bind and loose and curse and rebuke and do something. But now I don't even know how to pray about this. Right? And he says, the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings. The, the Greek says, uh, inarticulate speech, which cannot be uttered. So, I'm looking at this thing that could be a distraction and I don't know how to pray about it. I've got to get over in the spirit because in the spirit's where I'm hearing. You know, you might be facing a challenge right now. That's no indication that you did anything. 
That's no indication that you missed God. Let me try these folks. It's no indication that you missed God. I've watched people over the years. They'll go through a hard time. Well, I must be out of the will of God. Says who? That's no indication you're out of the will of God. You might be facing a hard time because you got out of the will of God, but only you know if you got out of the will of God. And if you know you're not out of the will of God, that's, then that's not an indication that you missed it, that you're out of the will of God. Amen. Well, how come this happened? How come There's a devil loose that's roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. But understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say here. He says the weakness is, I don't, how do I pray about this? Did I miss it? And then now your prayer life's all muddled up. Because how can I pray that God will reconcile something that I messed up and it was my fault and I missed it? No. Isn't it great that God has given us such a system spiritually <laughs> that, that the Holy Spirit's praying through us yet bypassing us? And you're praying in the Spirit, and you're praying the answer, and you still don't know the answer, but you're praying the answer? You're praying the end from the beginning, and you don't even know what the, be- what the end is? Hallelujah. But what are you doing? You're setting your heart to hear. Verse 28, and we know. When do we know? After we've prayed in the Spirit, After the Spirit has made intercession, we know that all things are going to work together for our good. The end result of that situation will be, it works for my good. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. He's not talking about a sickness or a broken leg or you losing everything. Tornado wiped the person's house out. Well, all things work together for the good. There's nothing good about a tornado wiping somebody's house out. Nothing good. Can't work for your good. God doesn't use tornadoes, sickness, disease, poverty. God doesn't use anything that He's redeemed you from. But He says that it'll all work together for your good. Then there's a qualifier now. To them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Well, called according to His purpose is not a five-fold ministry gift or a ministry calling. You are called according to His purpose. The Bible says, you, you see your calling, brethren. Amen? You have been called. And it says, for whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he called. Whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. And people say, well, who did he predestinate? Every person on the planet. It's it's not the person that's predestinated. It's the way that's predestinated. And, 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 And he says that everyone that answered that, that he called, was justified and glorified. Now, verse 29 is... Uh, verse 28, let's look at that in the Amplified Bible because this is so important as to what we're talking about. Because he talks about plans and uh, paths that he wants us to walk in. Let let me get to this and we'll, uh, 
we'll try to start wrapping this up. We are sure to know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan. Now hold that right there. All things are working together and fitting into a plan. In other words, the Holy Spirit's praying through me and He's praying a plan. That's why there's times you'll have a heaviness in your spirit about something and you'll go pray in the spirit. You don't know what else to do. You'll go pray in the spirit and you'll get a release. You'll, you'll get a note of victory. Well, what just happened? You downloaded a plan. You don't know it yet, but you downloaded a plan. When, when our oldest grandson was born and uh, 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 there, was, there was a lot of complications it was a time they weren't, they weren't even sure he was going to make it. And I was coming back from a ministry engagement. And my wife had sent me the picture uh, of, of, of him and uh, had explained some of the situation. Well, I just immediately started praying in the Holy Spirit. It was going to take me about 30 minutes to get there. I just began praying in the Holy Spirit about 25 minutes into my trip. I just got a note of victory and just got full of joy. Amen. Amen. I, 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 something had been downloaded into my spirit. Hallelujah. It was a plan for what to do with him. It was a plan for how to pray for him. And I remember looking at my daughter-in-law and telling her, I said, now you're not going to understand all this, but we got this. Amen. And the, and the Lord told us what to call him. His name's Griffin. The Lord told us to call him Mighty Griffin. Because the first thing they said is he's got to get strong. He's, got, he's, 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 he's uh, three months premature. He's got to get strong. Okay, Mighty Griffin. Proverbs says there are three things that are very small, but very wise. Amen. And I said, I said, well, he's very small, but he's very strong. And that's what we started calling him, Mighty Griffin. Amen. Then we need to find out what do we need to pray about. See, I downloaded this plan. What do we need to pray about? Well, this is where his heart's at, and this is what they're saying, and this is what's happening, and, and this chamber's open. He's got a hole here, and all these things. And we begin to apply the Word of God to those things. And they said he's going to have to have a surgery at this age. Well, he didn't have that surgery. Then they said, well, it's going to be six months, and he didn't have that one. And then they said, well, it's going to be a year, and he didn't have that one. And then they said, well, you don't got to bring him back for a year. And then they brought him back, and, and the doctor said, well, I think, I think that we can just go in through a vein and do a patch. I believe that this surgery's off the, the, the table. People say, well, that just happened. No, it didn't. No, it did not. God gave us a plan. And we're still walking the plan out. Amen. Let's look at that one more time, shall we? I, 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 I want you to see this. Working together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. And so to be hearing the plan, notice I've got to be giving myself over to the Spirit. I've got to hear the Word and give myself over to the Spirit. Things are not supposed to catch us off guard. Now notice I didn't say I've never been caught off guard. I said we're not supposed to be caught off guard. I, I, I decided early on that if I was going to have kids, I was going to know what they were doing. 
Amen. Hallelujah. He used to frustrate. My oldest daughter used to get so frustrated because she'd come home and I'd tell her what she did. I can't get away with nothing. That's exactly right. Just your tough tooties that you were born to me. Amen. Because I'm not just going to put you out there and not pray for you. Hallelujah. And there's nothing that's ever happened in my family that the Holy Spirit hadn't told me. I'm not special. I mean, I am, but you understand. God's no respecter of persons. Here's the thing. What's the plan? You got to hear the plan. You got to hear what God's saying. Hallelujah. Try that out right now. Say, I hear the plan that God has for me. It's, we're not making this up as we go along. What, 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 what do we need to do? How, do? how do we need to do this? Because we're setting our heart to hear from Him. Hallelujah. In verse 31, we'll end with this. He says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I love that in the Greek because he's, he's asking this question. It's like he's standing up and he's got a list of people that are against him. And he says, read all this and look at all this. He said, but let me ask you a question. If God is for us, who? Just name them. Who can be against us? When you have heard from God, the only person, my, my pastor said this, in developing the, the, the character of Christ. Pastor Caldwell said this. He said, he said uh, the only person that can ruin your character is you. Nobody else can ruin your character. The only person that can stop the word from coming to pass in your life is you. Nobody else. Nobody else. Hallelujah. I've had people say, well, so-and-so doesn't believe it. Well, the Bible says, what if some did not believe? Shall the unbelief of some cause the faith of God to be without effect? God forbid. If I believe it, if I believe it, I'm going to get an answer. I say, I'm going to get an answer. You know, when uh, I, I, I say this, because when uh, I've talked about this previously, when Pastor Michelle and I had not been married very long, and... Uh, uh, she found out, we found out that she was pregnant. And, uh, you know, obviously a very joyful time for us, first child. And uh, in, uh, I don't know how long it was, a couple months maybe, maybe a couple months, uh, maybe less, uh, she went in for, uh, you know, her visit, and uh, they couldn't find a heartbeat. And uh, long story short, you know, we ended up losing that baby. And I say lose that baby. We didn't lose them. They're in our future, not in our past. But the, the, the point is, is this, is, uh, you know, I, I went to the hospital. And, I'll, and, and, and I know that you're under the sound of my voice, and there's many of you that have been through things of this nature. But I went, man, I went into that room, and it was just, it was just the coldest, just lifeless. And, you know, I went in there, and you've got, a thousand questions running through your mind, right? And we're just getting a hold of the Word of God. We're, we're just getting a hold of, of the truth of the Word. 
and, and really taking God at His word. And you know, I don't know if you've ever been there. I didn't know what to say. What do you say? You know, I mean, my wife went very happy to the doctor that morning. And a couple hours later, I get a call at work. They're, they're, they're scheduling the procedure. They're going to take the baby, the baby, the baby. I mean, what do, you, what do you say to that? I mean, you're up that morning planning and preparing, right? And then that night, you're no longer having a child. I mean, it's, what do you do? So I didn't know what to say. So uh, I end up, a relative had taken her to the appointment, and I, we got in the car, and we're driving home. And, and, you know, it's in relative silence. I mean, we're, you know, of course, we're, we're holding hands, and, you know, we let each other know we love each other. But what do you say? So I got home, and she went in the bedroom and was laying down, and the pastor of the church that we were going to called us. And uh, I say this, I mean, the pastor was my dad. My dad was the pastor of the church. And he called me, and uh, uh, he began to talk to me, and he made a statement. And uh, uh, he changed his views over the years. But he made a statement. He said, well, you know, we don't know why God allows these things. And I appreciated what he was saying. But, you know, at that moment, God allowing something, what that said to me was God was, God was okay with it. God was in league with it somewhere. And, you know, for a moment, I started getting mad. You know, because... I'm the kind of person, you know, you hurt someone close to me and we've got a problem, right? And so here, here my wife's hurting, we've lost this child, and I'm glad that I stopped. And I said, now, Lord, I don't have the answer here. I'm not perfect, but I don't have the answer here. But I know you do. And I went in, I remember I went in and I knelt by that bed and I took my wife's hand and I said, look, I don't know why this happened. I'd be lying if I told you. I don't know why it happened. But I know this, I'm going to find out. And it's not going to happen to us again. And that was when the Lord took me, and very familiar verse to John 10, 10, the thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. And he took me, and, and, and this is what he showed me. This is not the case in every, in every case, but this is what he showed me. He showed me where I had not shored things up. I just kind of let things go. I didn't know. Amen. But, 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 but here's the thing. I got a plan. I, I said, I got a plan. And the next child that was born... Every day of their existence in her womb, she heard the word of God. Amen. I'd, I'd speak over her. I'd, I'd, I'd get down next to Pastor Michelle and, and I'd, I'd, put, I'd, I'd talk right to my child. I'd say, hey, this is your daddy. You're protected by the power of God. You're going to come. You're going to be born strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, that, that's the child that when she was born, she had that trauma in the birth canal and punctured a lung, and they didn't know what was going on with her, and, and they weren't sure what it was. Was it her heart or whatever? But listen, here's the thing. I knew what to do then. And I told my wife, if I can get my hands on her, we can pray. we'll pray for her, and God will heal her. 
I couldn't get my hands on her because they, they, they had her in the nursery but, and, and wouldn't let me in. But I, I could go down there and they wheeled her up to the window and I put my hands on that glass. I knew that glass wasn't going to stop the anointing and I prayed for her. And they, they loaded her up, took her to Children's Mercy there in Kansas City uh, uh, in, intensive care. And when I got there, boy, they had the board all out and, and this is the treatment and this is what we're going to do and this is the problem. And I'll never forget, I, I went over to that little baby and she, boy, she was struggling to breathe under those lights. Amen. And, 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 and they'd, they'd asked me not to touch her, of course, but I, 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 I could stand over her and I called her name and I said, Angela, you are strong in the Lord and in the name of Jesus, that lung is healing itself in Jesus' name and you will be, you will be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. They, they, told me, they, they told me a period of time, they, they were looking at probably a month her being in the hospital. Seven days. I, I stood in front of her, that bassinet, and the doctor was coming around with the interns, you know, the doctors in training, and he, and he stopped, is the head man, and he stopped and he said, uh, uh, you're her daddy? I said, yes, I am. And he said, uh, he turned to all those physicians and he said, this is our miracle baby. And he said, her body healed itself. We didn't do anything. I'm like, no, her body didn't heal itself. God healed her. But here's my point. Notice, notice the difference. One place I don't have a plan. The other place I got a plan. Amen. God is not going to lead you in the lurch. He's going to give you answers. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll stand up tonight, shall you? Glory to God.